0: You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel on 670 The Score. Back here on Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning, Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole want you to please remember, folks, to visit our new redesigned blog and make it your home for sports injury prevention and treatment, fitness and nutrition. You can find podcasts of the show. They are very popular and also many useful articles. You can either go to smwhome.com. Dot net or SportsMedicineWeekly.com. Our producer is Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer is Tracy Taro. Time now for the staple of the show, our Ask the Doctor segment here on Sports Medicine Weekly, giving our listeners the opportunity to have Dr. Cole address their specific sports injury issues. You can email questions to our website. That is SportsMedicineWeekly.com. Look for the homepage and the picture of Dr. Cole and me. And you can click on that link underneath our picture and ask the doc a question. Always have some great questions. Dr. Cole, here we go. You ready? I am. I have a rotator cuff tear, this person says, that I have been trying to treat non-operatively. I have not seen significant improvement in the past two months of doing physical therapy. How long, Dr. Cole? Should I try conservative management before thinking about surgery?
1: Steve, there's a fascinating paper that was published in 2013 that helped us understand this, looking at a very large number of patients who had a known rotator cuff tear who were prescribed non-surgical treatment. And what was fascinating is that the number one predictor of a successful outcome with non-surgical treatment when physical therapy was prescribed was the belief that physical therapy would work. It's all in the mind. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, I, I would say that a big challenge is that when people think they're broken and they need to be fixed and you can't offer them an explanation that they can actually grasp onto that, hey, this is something that exists for some time. It just became symptomatic. You can actually get this better back to your pre-symptomatic state when you also had a rotator cuff tear. But getting them to believe this is very difficult at times.
0: Let me stop you. I, I guarantee... I think you've told me this before, but a lot of people come into your office and say, Doc, I need surgery, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah you hear that all the told,
1: time? <laughs> they've been, you know, typically they get an MRI before an x-ray. Yep. They've been told they have an abnormality. Not uncommonly, there's little discussion with the patient about their symptoms, what started it, how long it's been present, what they've tried to prevent it, uh, what they've tried to reduce the symptoms, but rather a focus on, say, an image like an MRI uh, acknowledging there's an abnormality there, but not really discussing discussing how it fits in the context of the patient, their life, and how long it's been there. So rotator cuff tears are uh, true to form and an excellent example of that because every decade of life, there's another 10% of us that walk around with rotator cuff tears just as a course of aging. So when people decompensate with a pre-existing rotator cuff tear, they get painful, so we teach them. Specific activities in therapy that can reduce or eliminate their pain to get them back to the state they were before they even had symptoms, yet still had a rotator cuff tear. So the the our experience says that look, if you can get them better within six to twelve weeks of therapy, you can keep them out of out of the operating room for at least two to five years. Well, wow. but if and if they're going to decide to have surgery, they generally decide to have it early. So if you try therapy. If you've gone 12 weeks and you have failed to respond in something that's acceptable to you and you have a true rotator cuff tear, it is not unreasonable to then consider surgery, but there's lots of other variables you take into consideration. So I would say a minimum of 6 to 12 weeks of good, dedicated therapy and helping the patients understand that therapy works. It's not just voodoo. It actually does make a difference in terms of reducing symptoms and can keep people surgery-free.
0: Good stuff. Question number two here in our Ask the Doctor segment on Sports Medicine Weekly. Dr. Cole, is there a difference between sports injuries between men and women? How does this vary across different sports? Difference in sports injuries between
1: males and females? So, for example, beginning with the ACL, uh, women have a incidence of ACL injuries that's between two and eight times higher than it is in men. Uh, it's three times higher in collegiate basketball and soccer, for example. Um, that's one that we are, you know, really familiar with. And that largely has to do with how women land. They tend to collapse with their knees more knock-kneed, uh, increase uh, forces across the hip, uh, quadriceps to hamstring ratio difference where their quads are really strong and their hamstrings are weak. Those are risk factors for women. And the good news is those are modifiable. Shoulder instability. Uh, women tend to have different shaped glenoids, which is the cup that the ball and socket joint sort of uh, it depends upon to stay in the joint, and uh, they are at higher incidence, for example, of getting something called multidirectional instability, where the shoulder kind of goes out in various directions, versus men who more commonly get these form of uh, traumatic instability, where there's a trauma and the shoulder comes out of the socket. Uh, those are just some uh, basic examples. The other thing is concussion. Um, women have a much higher incidence of concussions in soccer and basketball and lacrosse, and they tend to be much more severe. And um, that's that's something that people have to be cognizant of, especially for our young or our youth athletes, where concussion is something that's you know obviously very much on our radar. Uh, and women, it, uh, the price we pay to returning an athlete back to sport prematurely uh, can be a much higher price, especially women, because they tend to have much more severe concussions compared to their male counterparts. Male counterparts.
0: All right, great stuff, Doctor Cole. We appreciate it. We are out of time for this edition of our show. Many thanks to our producer. As always, Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer is Tracy Taro. Great job, Tracy, once again. Also, want to thank David Cole for managing our website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Kalam, Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on The Score. Up next on The Score, early odds with Joe Ostrowski. We look forward to speaking with you again next Saturday, 8 a.m., another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly, only on
1: 670 The Score.
0: You've been listening to Sports Medicine Weekly, heard every Saturday morning at 8 with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel, only on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's Sports Station.